Happy Father's Day to all you dads and all the men out there who father in so many areas in so many ways. Father, I pray today that you'll guide the words that I speak. I pray that today, that within the heart of every man, that Father, you'll speak to us in a very special way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When you look at Abraham, who is, you know, the, the father of us all when it comes to faith, when you study it out, you'll find that he was chosen because of the kind of father he would be. Isn't that interesting? God is into fathers. He is one. Last month, we did two men's um, meetings, one here in Winnipeg, one in Calgary. And we talked about to the men this fact. God is the father to the fatherless areas of our lives. And we all have them. I had an amazing dad. I just thank God for everything he taught me. But because there are no perfect dads, every one of us have areas that Maybe our father wasn't taught. And so as I shared that with, with the men, I mean, right from the teenager to the 80-year-old, you could have heard a pin drop. As we begin to understand that God is the father to the fatherless areas. As you get into his word, as you give your life to him, there's something that he teaches us, that he shows us. And so today... I want to share some things that are crucial when it comes to being a father, a man. And as we look into this, I pray that it'll encourage you. I pray that no one will look back and go, well, I wish I knew that 50 years ago. There's a ton of things I learned I wished I would have known a lot of years ago. But isn't it exciting that where we are now, that we can continue to grow in the things of God. Within every person, we're talking to men today, is a God-given desire to know the future and every season. You see, in the Bible, especially in the Greek, there's two words for the word time. One is chronos, which means just chronological time. But then the word time can mean something totally different. It means strategic time, crises time. And often they will interpret that word as a season in life. Time is a chronological flow that you can't stop. But in your life will be strategic times. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says here that God has given them a desire to know the future. He does everything just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what he is doing from beginning to end. What does that mean? It's saying to you and I that in your life, you might not be able to connect the dots as to why what you did was so important. Because life is so big and there are so many things going on. I wonder what happened to the person who quietly led Billy Graham to the Lord and maybe passed away thinking, I don't know if my life has ever meant anything. You know, there's so many things that are connected to so many things and only God knows the beginning 
to the end. What's going on in the generations? What's going on in the people you connected with? The things you built, the things you said, who you were at work, who you influenced. There is no way for you to look at yourself and figure out, I had a, a, an incredible meaning life because, because, because. There will be so many things that God will do from your life and you will not know them all from the beginning to the end. But if you'll serve him, you can trust him that all that you've done with your life, God can take it and multiply it. Just like Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes and came from what was one boy's lunch. He fed thousands upon thousands of people your life if you'll be obedient to Christ. God can take this and you'll never know from the beginning to the end the impact that you can have with the people, the things that God is doing in your life. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, a group of men, a ton of different men, joined themselves to David when he was going through that rough time with King Saul. One of the groups of men that joined David before he was king were the men of Issachar. And the Bible says this in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. And of the children of Issachar were men that had understanding of the times and they knew what to do. When you become a father, the future becomes even more important as you look at your kids and you ask yourself, what kind of future are they going to have? How much can I prepare them for it? How much can I finance for it? How much can I do for them to give them the foundation to go from there? And so there are different seasons of life crises seasons strategic seasons and it's saying here that the men of Issachar they knew the seasons and they knew what to do in that season do you know how many people go through life and they just think wow well, just gonna serve Jesus in the lock and God's gonna look after everything that's not what the Bible says the Bible's very clear for you and I to get to know him, to become very aware. Even Jesus said in Matthew 18, uh, verse, I'm sorry, 16, 2 to 3, he's talking to the religious people and he's saying, you can look at the sky and see the red and this and that. You know what the morning is going to be like because you can, you can see the sky. But he says that he says, you see the things that I'm doing now, but you don't know their meaning. Did you know that God is guiding and leading and revealing and showing? There's seasons in life of things to do and not to do. So many people don't understand Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But when you look at the word time, there's a time for everything. And it goes on to say there's a time for everything. There's a special season for everything under heaven. There's a time to be born. And there's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pull up and uproot what you've planted. There's a time to kill, a time to heal. There's a time to tear something down. There's a time to build up. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to be sad. There's a time to dance. There's a time to throw away stones and a time to gather them. There's a time to hug. And there's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to look for something and there's a time to stop looking for it and let it go. There's a time to keep things and a time to throw things away. There's a time to tear apart and a time to sew together. There's a time to be silent, but there's a time to speak. There's a time to love. There's a time to hate. There's a time for war and a time for peace. What makes this unique 
portion of scripture unique is the different of play on time. Chronological time is passing in your life. You can't stop it. You can use time. You can enjoy the time. You can be wise with the time, but you can't ever take it, change it, go back on it. It's the time that is chronologically moving ahead. But where the real key to life is, is what do you do in the seasons of that time? Do you know when it's time to rise up and to be so strong you rip up stuff that you should have left a long time ago? There's a time to plant. We should never hate. Actually, the Bible's very clear. In a number of times in the scriptures say there's seven things God hates. Nothing wrong with hating sin. Nothing wrong with hating some of the effects of this. You'll be known by what you hate and what you love. To be a bland Canadian doesn't help anybody. These seasons, these strategic times in your life, when you look back, have you missed some of them? When it's a strategic time to look after our children and to raise them at certain ages of their life, but it was just too strategic to keep going at work. When it was a strategic time to work on things in our marriage, but you know, yeah, I just had some other things going on. Strategically, if you don't deal with the seasons correctly, you can get into crises and things begin to die in your life. I just want you to understand that as a father, as a father of children, that to begin to understand the two kinds of time, chronological time stops for no one, but what you do with the seasons in time is where you create great life, great living, great marriages, great families, great kids who themselves have an understanding to watch, to learn, to know. You see, the Bible teaches us that you have an assignment, that you're not placed on this planet because you just happen to be a product of someone fooling around. It's far deeper than that. Every man, and I could speak to women the same, but I'm speaking to fathers today, every man. You have an assignment. Your assignment is not your decision. You don't decide it, you discover it. And the reason you have to discover it is because you don't know what gifts and abilities and skills God's placed within you. And so as you learn to, to, to know who God is and what his word says, and as you begin to be and to live the life he's, he's showing you in the word, there's a ton of areas of your life that are not in the Bible. What are the gifts and the abilities in you? And then those gifts and abilities, what about strategic times where God uses you? And at that moment that as it goes by, it's you standing up. It's you speaking into it. It's you doing something at that strategic season in life that has such a great impact. Anybody can go through life chronologically. And there isn't just one assignment. As I was preparing for this message, I look back over the seasons of my life just to reflect and go, this season here, I'm so glad I knew God. And he showed me, Leon, you change, you uproot where you live, and you move to Winnipeg, and you take over Springs Church. Leon, do this. When all the COVID stuff hit, I just sense this incredible sense in my heart of this is a season in time. Chronological time happens to us all, but what do I do with these seasons? And I knew 
that we as a church were called specifically to a critical area of making sure that not just in our church the thousands of people but nations and people who watched take them through you can look at your life and you can begin to recognize that there are seasons and these seasons and I have assignments and those assignments aren't just one assignment you an assignments not a title well I'm called to be a youth pastor so I'm gonna just go where whoever whoever will make me one your assignments not a title a title doesn't even change you I can change I can put a can of beans up here with 15 different labels and relabel them all you want might make you feel better from the outside but when you open it up it's still beans on the inside Whatever God puts in you, whatever gifts he puts in you, whatever abilities he puts in you, whatever generation he's called you to, he'll take you through those seasons. And those seasons of your marriage, those seasons of your kids, those seasons of the church, because we're all called to a church. Jesus is building his church. These seasons are critical. And if you've got your head, you know, just buried in the clouds you, because you're so insecure and all you do is spend your entire life trying to figure out your identity, you'll miss the seasons. My challenge to you as fathers is to get hold of God and begin to recognize that you are required to sense Him, to know Him. God has specifically prepared events and situations for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, Eyes not seen, ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered the heart of a man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He's not just talking about heaven. That's the retirement game. Thank God for heaven. Thank God for eternity. Thank God that every person that you love that knows Christ, we're going to be for eternity together. But he's not saying this life is meaningless. He's saying he's prepared things for you here. And you'll need to sense and know. You'll need to be aware. You know, when Gideon took his men down to the stream and he's already let go tens of thousands of them and he's freaking out. And God says, you still got too many guys. Only take the ones who take the water from the stream and they put it to their mouth because their eyes will not look down. They are aware. They are watching for opportunities. They're watching for enemies. And all he had was 300 out of tens of thousands of men, warriors, he sent them out with 300 and took out the nations that were coming against him. There has to be an awareness within us. There has to be a looking at our lives, marriages, kids, grandkids, careers, our country, our churches, all of these things that are seasons in our lives that we need to be very aware of. The only way you will discern and discover these things in your life is by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. It's to know the Word of God. When you know the Word of God, you get the majority of God's will for your life. And that is God's will for chronological time. But when you get to know Holy Spirit... And he leads you and guides you by name. You now have unique and specific strategic instructions for your specific strategic life. I would look back at things that, that I did and I realized how close I was to not obeying or to not sensing 
what I was called to do. And I thought, God, you didn't give me a lightning strike from heaven. You know, uh, a dog didn't sing, oh, Canada on the backside of the barn. Like all the things, we always want these big signs. And when I look at the strategic times in my life, I recognize how close I could have been to not doing it. It was a still small voice. It was just because I had my antenna on and I was looking and I was saying, God, I need you. God, I need to know. And the fact that I called out and wanted, and I'm not saying I've, I've sensed and dealt with every season correctly. I'm just saying that as a man, we can't just blindly bulldog our way through life and just say, God, look after the pieces because that's not what the word teaches. It teaches discernment. It teaches assignments. It teaches listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit will help you on this assignment. Your gifts, your skills are different from others around you. Here are so many unique men, unique experiences, unique personalities, and your identity and who you are. You maintain this, this identity, but yet you submit one to the other in a way that we can be on a team that touches cities and nations for the kingdom of God. Not this arrogance, I'm my own man, I'll do whatever I want, and this inability to ever work with people. Women have friends. A lot of men I visit, they die alone. Because they're so busy on one track, money, career, finances, and they'll tie everything to just that, that they've missed listening to the voice of God as to what do I do in the church that you've called me to. Jesus didn't say he was building your career. Jesus didn't say he was building you. He said he was building his church. So if we want anything in our world to be built, we've got to connect all of these areas of our lives to the things that are important to God. And in Matthew 6, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? The kingdom of God needs to advance or you won't see great things for your children or your children's children. As you go through the word, it's powerful when you recognize Holy Spirit is the one who gives you your gifts and your abilities. And he's the comforter who walks alongside of you to be your helper so that you don't miss strategic times. When you pray, add this to your prayer list. God, help me to sense and know the seasons of my life. Help me to sense and know what you've asked me to do within these seasons of time. You'll be sent to a generation. Why? Because there have been so many generations going by. Why weren't you born a thousand years ago to someone on the backside of the desert? Why weren't you born someplace else? But you're here at this time, in this time frame, and therefore within these generations of your generation, your children's generation, your grandchildren's generation, you are alive and your gifts and your abilities can be used into these generations. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for your life. And you have to understand that to know his word, so that you figure out who you are, who God is, that you know truth, it'll help you immensely. I would often hear Jesus say, if you love me, obey me. And I kept thinking, are you so insecure, God? That the only way we can have a love relationship is that I obey you? But then I recognized something deeper when you brought the word time. All relationships have a time frame. 
an expiry date. We all die. But isn't it interesting that the plans that God has for us require our obedience? Now, here's the problem with obedience is that we're all born to be strong, be tough, have an opinion, stick to what you know, and don't let anybody sway you. But when the Spirit of God begins to speak to us from the perspective of teaching the Word, you can miss it simply because of our pride and our stubbornness. You see, God's Word is potent. And as God looks at you and me, and he sees the fathers that we had and the grandfather that we had and the knowledge base that transferred and the things that we got by osmosis, by just hanging around that personality type and the character of the dad and the grandfather you had. It's powerful, but God knows what is needed yet. He knows the completely blank slate that your dad never knew, that your grandfather never taught him or his great-grandfather taught him. And so this blank slate, God needs to be God to the fatherless areas of your life. But here's the thing about the fatherless areas of our lives. Truth always confronts. And so when someone speaks truth, like in a message or in a church, or you hear God's word come and it kind of confronts you, nobody likes being confronted except wise people. Wise people like it because they know there's areas of my life that I have not been taught, that are fatherless. And God's in the process of helping me with these areas. Jesus taught us in Mark chapter 4 that when he begins this process of correcting misbeliefs and bringing things into your mind and your heart that have been fatherless, the enemy will come immediately to steal the word that is sown. Isn't that interesting? Immediately. Mark 4 says he will come. He does not want you to have the beliefs that bring you into destiny, that bring you into your assignments, that bring you to understanding the seasons so that you're the most effective gifted tool in God's hands you could ever be. His plan for your life is going to take this personal decision. You're going to have to make a decision. God, I want your word to correct me. I want your word to confront me. I want your truths to change my beliefs. Because according to your beliefs go your behaviors. According to your behaviors go your life. It comes down to this crucial area of our beliefs. God decides what he desires for each of us. The creation doesn't tell the creator, this is what I'm going to do. And that's true in manufacturing. That's true in everything. When Dodge makes a car, it doesn't matter how much that car wants to be a 4 by 4 or a tractor. It's a car. And when God made you, he knows what will make you tick the best. He knows what gifts will just cause such exuberation and passion and love and excitement. He knows where you'll make the greatest impact because he put gifts and abilities inside of you. So to not take his word and change our beliefs is so ridiculous when our entire future is tied to the beliefs of our heart. People say, well, God is going to just look after everything. No, he's not. You know, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 and 38, Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you killed the prophets and you stoned them, which I sent to you. How often I would have gathered 
your children together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings. But you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. That shocked me when I began to see in the word that I couldn't just do whatever I wanted and God's going to make it all work out. That I could just claim the verse, oh, all things are going to work together for God for good to them who love God and call according to his purpose. So I can do whatever I want and God's going to make it all good. That's not what the word teaches. The Bible says he is not willing that any should perish. That's his will. Yet right here he's saying, I desired, I wanted to gather you like a hen gathered chicks. I reached out to you. I desired you, but you would not. To the men, the fathers. Fathers bring a sense of joy and laughter and kidding around to their kids. But at certain times of life, fathers bring a seriousness. My son, listen to me. You're a man. They tell their sons when they're men. And they tell them the fact that you've got freedoms and opportunities. But it's your duties and your responsibilities that will make you feel like a man. It's not just your freedoms and the pleasures that you pursue. Yes, it's fun. But God's going to, the Bible says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all that other stuff will be added to you. But to teach sons and daughters that we have duties and responsibilities. And through life, those duties and responsibilities get bigger and larger as our capacity increases. Someone says, well, I can't handle anymore. Well, that's probably because you're doing it in your own strength because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says there's an attack on you and that he's trying to make sure that you don't increase your correct beliefs. He wants to stop any truth from coming to you because the Bible talks about when you know truth, truth sets you free in the areas that it's revealing itself. And so none of us had perfect dads. And some of us, actually all of us, struggle in areas simply because truth hasn't been revealed through home, but God is the God to the fatherless. I got five amazing kids. I did my best. But Jesus helped me. <laughs> I did my best. But I know that the destiny and the call of God on their lives, they'll need to hook into Father God, who will bring a whole nother level of instruction and training to prepare them. I would never be so arrogant as to look at them and say, I don't need you, God. I'll train them the for the future. I'll, I'll, I'll teach them the stuff they need to get through storms. Oh, no, God, I, I don't even want to even think that. I need you, God. I want you, God, to train and equip my children, my grandchildren. I want the fatherless areas that I've missed. I want you to instruct them and teach them and show them. Give them big ears to hear and to sense their voice being called. Let them know how precious chronological time is, but how crucial, critical, and strategic time is so they don't miss important junctures and areas of their lives. His attack will be on your beliefs. That's what makes church so vital. That's what makes church so precious. I hope there's something that you notice about Springs Church. We refuse to just stay shallow with the Word of God and just make you be happy, be blessed, God bless you, Everything's going to work out all right. Have a great day. Because 
when storms hit, we want you to know how to trim your sails. When situations arise, we want to make sure you understand you're going back in the slingshot of God. And it might feel like you're going backwards, but at some point, it's going to be tripped and it's going to catapult you forward. There are things that we need to know in the Word as fathers. In Mark chapter 4, these beliefs are so important that it says in Mark 4.26 that your beliefs are affecting your life even while you sleep. Which means negative beliefs are bringing up new persecutions. Negative beliefs are bringing up more problems while you sleep. But yet, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and no weapon formed against you, etc., while you sleep, the favor of God is working behind the scenes and setting up situations that the grace of God will keep lifting you and taking you to where He wants you. We have to examine our beliefs. They're crucial. And your beliefs are not your knowledge base. I've sat down with some of the most brilliant people with more degrees who speak Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, and yet with all this head knowledge, there's no heart beliefs, and you don't see this relationship with God. What you believe as a father is going to affect your marriage, your career, your children, your grandchildren, and it's going to affect the future generations. So it gives us this kind of wake-up call that goes, Jesus, you're precious. I'm going to stop being, you know, John Wayne. All I need is me, my horse, and my dog as I disappear into the horizon. No, there's a whole lot that is hanging on me, dying to pride and self-centeredness and stubbornness and saying, God, teach me, O Lord, and know my heart today. Romans 8 says that their Holy Spirit searches your hearts. When I used to read that at Romans 8, 26 and on, I thought, he's looking for sin to just give me heck all the time. No, he's looking for misbeliefs to remove them so they don't hurt you and to replace them with the beliefs of your Savior. To take what God says and what God believes and the Word comes in and it chokes out the misbeliefs that may be heartache or brokenness or hurt or people have taught you. And so these beliefs about I gotta look after myself, look out for church, women are just gonna hurt you. You know there's only one thing men want. The list goes on. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of beliefs that have never been dealt with but they will control your life. And if you don't ever deal with them. They'll control you to right into old age, and then the regrets are numerous. I believe there's a God who cares and loves deeply. I believe there's a God who has purpose and assignments for my life, my family, and the generations ahead of me. I believe, me, I believe that ahead of me are the greatest years that our family could ever have, that our church could ever have. I believe that God's got a plan for every enemy that comes against our freedom and our assignment. I believe that God's word transforms my mind, empowers my heart. I believe he's got a strategy for every win in your life. I believe that when you serve him, his joy and his peace radiates in our lives regardless of what is going on. I believe he can heal the most broken heart. I believe he can restore any relationship. I believe Jesus is the answer. 
answer for the world today. We've got to make these decisions. What do I believe? And let's get up and begin to declare what it is that we should believe. I believe Jesus is building a real, genuine, powerful church to impact the world. Not man-made religions that people are so sick and tired of, but a life-giving real church who knows who their Jesus is, what their assignment is, can sense the seasons of life and the things they need to deal with as an individual, as a couple, a family, as a church. And let's together, as men, make a decision. We're going to leave an impact for God. We're going to be a part of this life-giving church where Jesus said, I will build my church. And that's what the gates of hell cannot stop and cannot change. As fathers, as men, you are a crucial part of that. We live in a world where no one wants to identify a man. No one wants to identify a woman. No one wants to say something. We just believe that if we can't identify it, kids will figure out on their own. Rather than recognize God made man, male and female made he. And let's teach into that little man the very attributes of God. Let's teach into that little girl the very characteristics and attributes of God and lots let, let's not get confused all of the strength and the character and the honor and the integrity and the power isn't just for one sex but let's as men speak up the Bible says speak truth in love it doesn't say to just love love without truth is permissiveness Let's not just speak truth and not have love. It'll hurt people. But if we speak truth in love and we use wisdom from God, we will know the times, the seasons, the time to speak and the time to be silent, the time to plant and the time to rip up. The times, these are crucial. And as men, God is speaking to us. If the last two years haven't woken us up, I don't think anything will. The Bible says, wake up the mighty men. This world is going to see a resurgence as never before. Men and women, but today I'm just speaking to men. Women aren't supposed to be listening. <laughs> but just to make a decision, I will listen. God, I will, I will listen. Please guide me. Lead me. I thank God he does do signs and wonders. And there's times in my life where something happened because I was missing him so bad. He had to intervene and send me someone or have some unique thing take place. He never hurts us or makes us sick, nothing like that. And so I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to look at yourself as men and think, well, you know, I got this problem, that problem, this problem, that problem. You know, and then sometimes we don't recognize that many of the problems in our lives are because of time-sensitive hidden beliefs we didn't even know we had. But Holy Spirit does. I'd love to pray for 
every man in the building over 16 years of age. Would you stand to your feet as I pray? We all together want to pray over you. Such a crucial group, so special for our church. And for all those who are seated, would you mind just lifting a hand towards the men across the auditorium? Father, I pray today that we would stop beating ourselves up and feeling so insecure and so uh, like, like our life is worthless. And Father, I pray that the Word of God would penetrate deep into our hearts and take root, that the enemy would never be able to remove it, that we would know regardless of how much time is left to do it as men of God. We can impact greatly. So I pray health and healing right now over every man. I pray right now that, Father, as we are fathers, because whether or not we have children in our own family, we are uncles, we are, Father, men in church who are helping to reach out and to raise up a generation because it takes a whole church to raise a child. And I pray that you'd help us to have margin in every day, to have our antennas up, always just saying, God, lead me and guide me. Help us, Father, to not miss the important seasons, the strategic things that might be passing us by. Help us boldly to, to reach out a hand and to love and, and to make sure that ahead of us are times that are good for our children and our grandchildren. So, Father, we pray blessing over these men. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody in agreement said, Amen. Give him a hand. Amazing man. We love you. God bless you. You may be seated.